The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable. And they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com that's s-t-e-e-p-e-d coffee.com asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch if you're in santa cruz come on by any of the cat and cloud locations we have it there for you basically they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned pre-ground innovation so tell all your friends what's cracking everyone welcome to the cat and cloud podcast it's just me today chris baca i'm here for you jared truby that other guy he's in hawaii he's getting a nice base tan he's on the beach he's taking those blue eyes and he said you know what i'm gonna do chris i said what he said i'm gonna make my skin a little bit more golden brown so that i get that color contrast between my eyes and my skin because that's really important to me you know that's what success looks like to me and i said jared you should totally do that you should go to hawaii you should do your thing so he's gonna be there for a couple of weeks. I'm actually leaving tomorrow for Las Vegas with my boy DJ Impulse. We're going to SEMA, which is this huge automotive industry show. I'm really excited. So the podcast this week is gonna take a different turn. It's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be a monologue. You're, you're stuck with me unpacking these weird ideas. And I have something that I think is really interesting to talk about and if you've seen on the instagrams or check the social medias you've seen that food and wine dropped their list of the top 100 cafes in the united states the best coffee shops in america 2019 after more than two years of on the ground research they've rounded up nearly 100 of the most essential cafes coffee shops, and espresso bars in the United States. That's what they say, anyway. And if you look on that list, you see a few people, you look in that top 10, you'll see that in the number three spot is us. Cat and Cloud is apparently the third most radical coffee shop in the United States in 2019. That's pretty neat. That was a, that was a little bit of a surprise. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody even knew where that came from. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't know exactly how to feel about it. I don't really know how I feel about rankings in general. I don't know how I feel about trying to quantify things that individual businesses do using, you know, the same metrics for different business. I don't know if it really fits that way. So this is going to be a podcast about being on the cool kids list. It's a podcast. It's a, it's, it's a podcast where I can't talk. It's a podcast about validation. It's a podcast about defining your own metric of success. What does success look like for you? How do you use that to navigate through the rest of the world? Being on the cool kids list is a really interesting thing because when you're not on the cool kids list, you tend to ignore the list. You 
you question the validity of the list, you question the metrics that are used to build the list, or you, you know, you just kind of make fun of the list. You're like, dude, that is so stupid. I can't believe they even did that. We're not on it. It doesn't matter. It's We're doing the real shit over here. All the stuff that we got going on, that is the truth. These people, that's just like some weird mass marketing stuff. You know, they don't know about us. They don't really get what we're doing. They're not... They're not down with the culture in the way that we're down with the culture. That's the attitude when you're not on the list. I know. I've had that attitude before. It's a real thing. If you flip that around, when you're on the list, all of a sudden, the list means something to you. Oh, we're on the list. Yes, I'm finally recognized for my hard work. Yes, we're finally getting recognized for our dedication. Everything that we're doing is right. And you know why? Because we're on this list list. So depending on where you fall on the list, on or off, top or bottom, it changes your impression or at least the way you talk about your impression of the list. Now, I I I don't mm jeez, wow, thinking out thinking out loud. Lists are these things that are they're really fleeting. They they come and they go and it's important not to put too much stake in them. But they're, they can be important if we know how to use them in the right way. So let's look at how can we use the lists in the right way? How do we know how important the lists are? All lists aside, one of the most important things that you can do as a business or an individual human is to take some time, define what your metric of success is. What does winning look like for you? What are you doing when you're at your best? And that can become your internal compass, your yardstick for, I'm a champion. You know why I'm a champion? Because here are the three things that make me a champion, and I'm doing all of those things. And different businesses will have different measurements for what success is. For example, for someone's organization, maybe scale is their number one metric of success. Maybe they're winning if they can get in front of the most amount of people possible. I just want this idea to go viral. I just want my service to go worldwide. That's what success looks like to me. Contrast to somebody else, maybe their metric of success is, you know, my biggest thing that I value in my business is the personal and intentional relationships that I have with my clients, with my guests. And anything that compromises that is not going to be good for me. And if I compromise that, I'm not winning. So maybe going viral or spreading like wildfire is actually going to take away from my success because it'll mean that I have less time to interact on a deep level with the people that I really care about. Two different models of success, diametrically opposed. There's obviously everything in between. There's there's an infinite infinite number of, you know, metrics that you can use to measure success, but it's important that we take the time to develop our own internal compass because then when these external things happen like you know we have a bad quarter or we have a great quarter or we're on the list and all these validations that come from outside of the business we we can kind of look inside and be like okay cool this is nice what are we doing well here are we still winning according to us once we have our own metrics of success dialed then we can utilize things like being on the cool kids list 
for marketing, for storytelling, we can be proud of it without having it validate us. So in the context of our business, we don't really have a traditional marketing department. Carol, who's editing this podcast, runs the web store. Sam does some Instagram posts and get that thing all, you know, she makes that all pretty and nice. And then, you know, I have a meeting with them once a week. But most of the press that comes from our business comes from the things that we generate. So it comes from this podcast. It comes from places like YouTube. Those are the funnels that build the brand that is effectively cat and cloud. So when we have something like this that hits, you know, if you look at food and wine on Instagram, they have 3 million followers. It's a pretty big number. It's as, as a marketer, it would be wrong for me to, to shun this list and say it doesn't matter because it potentially gets us in front of more people who might enjoy what we have to offer. We might be the best coffee company for some small portion of those 3 million people. And I think it is a relatively small portion because I think most of the people who are reading food and wine are probably not there for coffee. Coffee's probably a smaller portion of what they're doing. And maybe an even smaller portion of them are looking to buy coffee from a new place and an even smaller portion of that are going to fit into the cultural context of what we're all about. So, wow, <laughs> that was a long play. So it's probably a lot smaller market exposure than that 3 million followers would suggest, but they're, they're new people who aren't exposed to us and for that we're thankful. So it's nice to be able to take that and run with it. This is a benefit to our business. If even one or two people find us who haven't found us before, that's a huge, huge win. In the past, I would get really, really excited when things like this would happen and I would think, oh my gosh, the web store is gonna blow up. Oh my gosh, the business is gonna blow up. We're gonna have so many new orders. We're gonna have so many new guests come through the store. We're gonna have so many new people interacting with us online. And over time and experience, I know that there isn't really any kind of magic bullet that's gonna take you to that next level. It's all drops in the bucket. Some examples of that were, you know, uh, at some point last year, there was a feature in the New York Times about coffee and coffee education. And one of the things that they featured was my YouTube channel mentioned Cat and Cloud a ton. And that's something that a lot of people read. A lot of people look at the time. So you would think that the web store would blow up like a motherfucker, but it really didn't. We probably got a few new customers out of that, a few new people visiting the online store, a little bit of brand exposure, and that's all good. Fast forward a little bit further, Matt Diavella, who did the Netflix documentary Minimalism, has a huge YouTube channel. Now it's over 2 million subscribers. I think at the time it was probably like one and a quarter, one and a half, did a video about where he quit coffee for 30 days. I did that challenge with him. We'll link that video down below if you wanna watch it. It's pretty awesome. He's one of the most talented filmmakers out there. He's killing it. And you know, you think, oh my gosh, this is gonna get in front of so many people. This is really gonna blow the brand up. And every time these things happen, it's just a few people come on board. There's no gigantic spike in the numbers. There's no game-changing thing that's gonna happen that's gonna bring your coffee to the masses, bring your business to the masses. So while some people are busy fishing to be on these lists, fishing for Instagram collaborations, fishing 
to get in front of someone else's audience. I think the biggest thing that you can do as a business is build your own audience. Get around people who really resonate with you. Focus on those people and the few people that come from Matt's video and the few people that come from the Times article. As long as we can you know, capture their heart and minds, if there's a few people that really resonate, that's awesome. We feel like those people are gonna tell more people that are like them, more people that are looking for the thing that they want, and that long-term is what's gonna build the brand, us being ourselves, finding people who we really lock in with. It's kind of like that smallest viable market situation. If you're trying to get in front of everyone, if you think you're for the whole world, you might actually just be for no one. Something that struck me about the list is the lack of giants, the lack of behemoths, the lack of some of those huge cultural main say, oh, let me let me throw in a little correction. I didn't look all the way down all 100 of the list, but just skimming through the whole thing, you'll see an absence, at least at the top of companies like Stumptown, companies like Blue Bottle, companies like Intelligentsia, all those old school third wave pioneers, the the stalwarts of, of the specialty coffee industry. And I love this. I love seeing them not lumped in there, especially in a publication that is reasonably reasonably mainstream. What that tells me is that you know, there's an increased awareness that specialty coffee is more than just going to Blue Bottle, is more than just going to Intelligentsia. There's other options. And while those companies are growing and are bigger than ever in their own right, and this probably deserves its own podcast, I think they're evolving pretty quickly to kind of become our generation's Pete's and or Starbucks, and there is potentially a richer culture, a more diverse culture out there that can service especially coffee industry. Now, this isn't meant to be a slight against those companies. It's just, if you look at what they're doing, where they're going, it just feels like, you understand what I'm saying. You get where I'm going here, right? And and for all intents and purposes, in, in the context of someone like food or wine, those companies are old news. They've been done already. They People know about them. They're around. They're not newsworthy. And they're not or they're not as newsworthy as they once were. Now, this is important because this ties in to the idea of the list and being on the Cool Kids Club. At some point, no matter how popular you are, no matter how quote-unquote cool you are, you are going to fall off of that Cool Kids list. I haven't seen anybody in our industry who's continually reinvented themselves enough to have enough cultural significance to stay at the top of that list for any length of time. Now, depending on, again, what your metric of success is, this may or may not matter to you. I'm sure Blue Bottle doesn't give a fuck that they're not on the food and wine top 100 cafes, top 10 cafes in the nation. Their business is growing. They have more retail stores than ever before. Their presence is just felt and they're becoming slash maybe are at the number one household name for specialty coffee. They really are our generation Starbucks or Pete's. 
And you can say the same thing for the other JAB type companies. A lot of people know about them. So it's probably not bothering them too much that they're not on this list. But I do enjoy the cultural richness of this, of the, like the diversity of the list. It kind of makes me want to go on on a road trip and be like, wow, I want to take, you know, what what are the top 20 of this list that look the most interesting to me that have the most like the most just oh i'm gonna give you an example blip blip i want to go to blip they're 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 melding this coffee culture with motorcycle culture the name is amazing it's perfect you know i'm looking at their social and it's it's missing a bunch of the stuff that lets me know that oh i'm a really cool coffee shop oh my gosh and what i see is this cultural richness centered around motorcycles and i love that un like unabashed like this is who we are this is what we do we also love coffee we also make coffee but hey it's more than just we're gonna have some uh, succulents and a living plant wall and white tile it goes a little bit deeper than that and i love that so being exposed to some coffee with a story with a the deeper culture associated with it man i am down as i'm scrolling through now there is this little tiny kitten coming out of this to-go cup and holy shit, I want to be there. Oh my God, they're making windbreakers? Blip. Dude, I'm going to visit you guys. I don't even know where you are. The Coffee of the West Bottoms. Dang. Bliproasters.com. Go check them out. Please, let's do it. Talking about the lack of those OG third wave companies on a list like this makes me think about us and where we are at as a company. I fully am aware that you know, in four years from now, we are not going to be on lists like these. We're kind of in this perfect bubble where we're new enough, we're young enough to be fresh, fun, and interesting, but we're mature enough to where people can see us as a successful business model. We're not just this fun fly-by-night company. People can get the vibe that we're gonna be around for a while. We're gonna be successful for a while. We're, we're not gonna stop doing our thing any anytime soon. And that is kind of like the perfect storm to get on some kind of list like that. So if I'm, if I'm going forward three years, let's say we have more growth and whatever it is. Maybe we have more cafes. Maybe we decide to turn a sharp corner and build a business around sharing some of the things that have helped us build this business. Maybe all we do is talk about, you know, uh, artificial intelligence in coffee. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Don't even think about that whatever way we want to take this business, it's probably going to be in a direction that's not going to land us on these. This is the coolest coffee shop in America kind of list. And that's okay. That's totally fine because we have our own metrics of success. We know that this is a little bit of a flash in the pan and we'll take the win for what it's worth, but we're not going to let it define us. And more importantly, when we're not on those lists, we're not going to let that lack of praise define us because praise will be coming from other places. Praise will be coming hopefully from the people that work for us feeling like they're having a really an amazing work experience at Cat and Cloud that even if they only worked for us for a year that they left in a better place than they were. They have some more skills. They have some more of those soft skills which are really hard to pick up a lot of places. Hard skills, pretty easy. Soft skills, 
man, I wish I would have had some when I was just doing random job. I didn't learn any of those things from any of the jobs I have. So if we can impart a little bit of that, I think we're doing we're doing really well. Um, making the guests that come into the cafe every day really happy. It's easy to see cafe work as a little mundane, especially if you've been doing it for any length of time, because there is a sense of Groundhog Day to it, where you come in, you open, you clock in, and you're kind of serving the same people, the same thing every day, every week, every month, every year. But in order to contextualize what's happening, the, the way I like to put it is, you know, think of your own range of emotions. Think of the things that you experience going on inside your head, all of your struggles, trials, tribulations, stress, happiness, the whole thing. Now, every everybody else has that same diversity of emotions going on. And people who work in coffee bars are kind of like this rock for people. You know, they're the first people you see when you go out into the world, you leave your house and then you go to the coffee shop. It's like, oh my God, I don't know what the hell's going on. So to see someone who can kind of usher you through the door of life and leave you feeling energized to start your day, it's a pretty big deal. And connecting that sometimes mundane day-to-day things with a bigger impact that you could have on the culture, on the community around you can really help pull you through. And that's why people, you know, it's, it's hard to be new at a coffee shop because people are so attached to the people that are already there. And it's so hard to leave a coffee shop because you feel like you're literally leaving this kind of family that has adopted you. And I, I think that's, that's like one of the most beautiful things about, about working at a coffee shop is just that that sense of i don't know it's that sense of belonging because that's that's where i found a sense of belonging when i didn't really i didn't really have one and and baristas no matter where you work you, you know you should feel joy from that you should be able to take that home that's a win that's a huge metric of success for us Oh, shit, I fucked up. Intelligentsia is on this list. The Broadway Cafe, dang it. Blue Bottle's not. Let me just make sure Stumptown's on here so I'm, I'm not in, not a complete asshole. P, they need like a... Jeez, oh, it's so hard to read. R, S, S. Sophomore, sound, a lot of SOs. Spitfire. Yeah, no Stumptown. Okay, good. We're going. We're going for it. Even with Intelli on there, point still stands. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, to, so to cap it all off, every, everybody wants to be seen. Being seen feels good. But if we're seen by this really small group of people who resonates with who we are and what we do, that's amazing. We don't need that mass market validation. If we have our own metric of success, that's great. It doesn't matter if we're on the list or not. If we have that guiding light inside of us, it's gonna be all good. And I, you know, I I can't think of something that makes the translation like just, oh God, what am I trying to say? I'm just trying to say, that I feel these same pressures as an individual as I feel through the business. A lot of times it feels really hard to be 
just me and know that that's enough for everybody else, but that's really all you can do. So this podcast is dedicated to everybody who should be on the list that's not, who will never be on any list, to people that don't care that they're not on the list, to the people that are so entrenched in their own magic, they're so absorbed by loving what they do that they don't even know that the list exists. I love you motherfuckers. Have the best day ever, and I'll catch you guys later. Peace. You can leave this in, Carol. I I, I like sounding like an idiot in front of people. We're being seen by the right amount of people, and the other... Fuck. Scrap that whole thing. That's not what I was trying to say, Carol. It's not what I was trying to say. It feels really good to be... What the fuck? Cut! Carol, this would probably be a great time for uh, for a break, you know? Some little music. Transition! Oh, just some more songs, more songs more songs. Think about that for a second.